So we're in a series entitled Confession of Faith. Confession of Faith. And this morning I want to talk to you about living in the faith zone. Living in the faith zone. Now let me get something out. I got to grab this, uh, I got to grab this date. I, I think I've got it, but I just wanted to make sure. In the year, think about this. The technology that we have uh, unto this day is just unbelievable, okay? But think about this. In October 14th, 1947, there was a man named Chuck Chuck Yeager. He was the World War II hero who first broke the sound barrier. They flew him up. We got a picture of him here. This is his airplane. And Glennis uh, is the name of his wife. And so he, he named it that. He, he named it that, okay? And uh, uh, part, you know, anyways, uh, they flew him up 35,000 feet in a cargo ship, okay? Basically, something very similar to what we fly all over the U.S. in now, just all, all around, okay? But they flew him up 35,000 feet, and they were going to have him break the sound barrier. So they drop him out of this airplane in another airplane, in this airplane. So they open up the airplane chute, they drop this, they get to 35,000 feet, and he was the first one to break the sound barrier, okay, flying in a straight line, okay, not falling. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? Not falling, but flying, okay? And everybody else who had tried it before got to a certain speed, and the plane had started to shake so violently that it seemed as if the plane was going to disintegrate, okay? Have you ever been in a shaking situation that you felt like if you have to keep going, okay? Kids can't, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're in a shaking and in a violent situation, okay? And it feels like all of this stuff is falling off of you, okay? And the only thing you have is you and God, right? And some planes did. Some planes literally begin to fall apart and they would disintegrate and some pilots even died. But Chuck Yeager said, I'm going up. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to break the sound barrier. I believe that I'm going to try anyways. And he said, watch this. He said at 700 miles an hour, 660 miles an hour to be exact, but at 700 miles an hour, the plane began to rattle. The plane began to shake violently. He thought I was going to die. I thought the plane was going to completely disintegrate. But then right after that moment, it broke into a great calm. And you can watch it online. You can look this up. You can watch the video footage of this happening. You hear a large sound, which is the sound barrier being being broken, okay, and then all of a sudden he flies into a great calm. Think about that. Living in the faith zone. I've been in this space and I've been in this place. So, point number one, I want to break. I want to bring this to you this morning, okay? Point number one: breakout comes before breakthrough. Amen. Breakout, okay? Everything's going to fall off of you. There are some things that are hanging on to us that God wants you to get rid of. There are some of us in the house this morning, in the room this morning, we got some friends we need to break out from, okay? They're negative to you. They're frustrating to you. They're dragging you down, and your faith isn't strong enough to be an encouragement to them, so instead they continue to break you down instead of you breaking out in faith. 
and breaking through. And that's exactly what happens. This shaking, this violence, this rattling, this, this vehement storm that we're going through. Amen. And it seems like everything around you starts shaking and falling apart. Well, listen, that's exactly how it is right before a breakthrough. Amen. Right before a breakthrough, everything goes crazy. You might be in extreme pain. You feel as if your whole world is falling to pieces. Watch this. But that's not an indication that you're going to crash. Amen. Hey, the plane's going to shake violently, right? You may lose a wheel. You might not be able to land. No, I'm just kidding. But some things are going to shake off of you. Amen. And many of us, we need some things to shake off of us. Amen. And, and it, it's, it's almost like this, as if God would drop something that he has started. Huh? God doesn't drop projects. You might start projects and not finish, but God doesn't, but God doesn't stop projects that he started. Come on, somebody. Amen. As long as those individuals are willing, as long as those individuals are honoring God, he's going to finish that project that he has started in you. As if God would allow you to crash and burn. Listen, if you're in a shaking situation, if you're in a frustration, you are just on the other side. You are just on the other side of a great calm. The great calm is coming. Amen. Listen, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I am preaching to myself. You, you, you know, a lot of times you got to say, you know what? I don't care what history says. I don't care what other people are saying. You know, I don't have it all figured out, but I've got a promise from God, and the promise from God is stronger. The promise from God is wiser. The promise from God is greater than anything else that I could ever stand upon. Hallelujah. I'm going to stand upon that promise. And watch this. I can either hang on to my faithlessness, amen, or I can hang on to the promise from God, but I can only hold on to one of them to accomplish his great purposes. Hallelujah. The other one leads me to fear. The other one leads me to regret. The other one leads me to wonder, what if I would have just stayed the course? What if I'd have just hung on? Amen. You ever done something so crazy? And you thought to yourself, why am I doing this? But then you did it, and you accomplished it, and you got through, and you're like, why would I ever stop doing this? Huh? Amen. That's the space that we're talking about. Now go to James chapter 2 and verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14, we're talking about faith. He says, dear brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions, everybody say actions, amen. Our faith is connected to our activity. Can you hear what I'm saying? I, I love through kids camp and through youth camp, we're trying to get our students and we're trying to get our children into a space of activity with God. Can you hear what I'm saying? You know, some of us as parents, they don't get to see us pray. They don't get to see us read our Bibles. They might not get to see us read scriptures. There's a lot of children that go to summer camp. They don't get to see their parents do those things. They don't get to see their parents pray over a meal or pray together or encourage one. They ought to see that, especially in Christian homes. Amen. But he says, 
What's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? That kind of faith can't save anyone. Amen. That kind of faith can't save anyone. So faith in Christ, true faith, transforms our thoughts as well as our conduct. I know a lot of churches, we only focus on conduct. Huh? God wants to, God wants to help you with your thought processes. It's your thought processes that, t- that bring you into a place of purity with him. Amen. Then your actions will be overturned and your conduct will be changed by your faith in Christ. And you need, each, each and every one of us, we need to realize that in times of shaking, that's going to happen in our lives. Amen? Any 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds in the house, 12-year-olds in the house, listen, you're going to go through some times of shaking. You're going to go through some vehement storms in your life, some violent storms in your life. You're going to go through some situations, some circumstance, praise God. And you need to realize that even the worst of shaking times, the more glorious the breakthrough is going to be in God. You can't start with the breakthrough, though. Amen? You can't start with the breakthrough. You and I, we have to start by breaking out in our own mind. We have to start by breaking out in our own faith. The scripture says, build yourself up in the Lord. Amen. You ever had to do that? It seemed like everybody else was Debbie Downer. Amen. It seemed like, and and dare I use the word Debbie. I don't know if I got any Debbie friends, but that's okay. Okay. You know, everybody else has a downer in your life. Everybody else is frustrated and everything that they say to you just puts you in a place and it puts you in a space sometimes you got to build yourself up in God and you got to say you know what God I'm going to make it through this I'm going to get through on the other side of this situation so pastor Mike what do you what are you saying here well you got to start by breaking out in your own mind and in your own faith so what does that mean to break out I'll tell you what it means you need to break out of those self-imposed limitations huh Break out in your own mind. Break out in your own faith. Break out of the negative thinking. Amen? Break out of the insecurities. Break out of the fears. Amen? I watched our kids challenge themselves in their own fears this week. I watched Jackson and Desmond go down this slide. This slide is huge, you guys. I mean, from the, from the top of this deck, imagine this red, this red thing times two, these two things, out over into the lake. Pastor Mike, I'm scared. Bro, I'm scared myself, okay? But you want to do the slide? I want to do the slide. Let's go do the slide. Sometimes you got to break out of your fears. Amen? Sometimes you got to break out. Sometimes you got to break out of your past failures. Some of us need to break out of our past inconsistencies. Pastor Mike, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Amen. Yes, you can break out. Praise God. Some of us need to break out of where you came from and the limitations that were put on you. Some of you need to break out of what somebody said over you, spoke over you, even prophesied over you. Some of you need to break out from that space. Say, hey, I'm not going to listen to that I'm not going to stay in that space those limitations that were put on me I'm a child I'm a child of God I'm a son of God God's got this he's got my back he's going to move me forward and right before the breakout there's going to be a break right before the breakthrough there's going to be a breakout that breakout is in my faith that breakout is in my trust and my confidence in God blessed is the man that makes God his trust Hallelujah.
Some of us need to break out of the depression. Some of us need to break out of the hopelessness. Amen? Your friends, there's no hope. Your doctor says there's no hope. Your loved ones say there's no hope. Hey, listen, there's still hope as long as God is still alive. I'm telling you, he's alive. He's on his throne. There's still hope. So hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hallelujah. Some of us need to break out of the sin that imprisons you through Jesus Christ's sacrifice upon the cross. You can't defeat addiction by yourself. You need Jesus Christ to help you over and through that. Praise God. You need him. You need him because he makes you more than an overcomer. Hallelujah. Some of us need to break out of a self-defeating mentality that says nothing's ever going to change in my life. Got nothing good coming up. I never win anything. Come on, you people, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. You got friends like that. I never win anything. Nothing good ever happens to me, huh? Amen. I distinctively remember when God called my wife and I into the ministry. We began to share to our family and our friends. I distinctively remember like it was yesterday how they responded. Huh? It wasn't faith-filled. They weren't excited. Like, no cheers? Like, no encouraging words? It, it just all felt negative. It all felt like it was just going down and down and down. But I had a promise from God. I had to put my confidence in God, and it was shaking, and it was violent, and it felt like I was going the wrong direction and doing the wrong thing, and their reactions and their conversations, they were hurtful, and they can be discouraging, and they can be condescending, and they can be judgmental. Come on, somebody, it's not exactly what you're looking for, huh? Whatever situation, look at my new car, look at my new car I got, and everybody talked, well, the bill's going to be bad on that insurance going way up you know everybody discouraged you know just bought a house we got to do a little bit of remodel that was the dumbest move you could have made in this market can you hear what I'm saying to you just trying to be real we had a promise from God and no matter what the violent shaking shook off of us we needed some violent shaking we needed some stuff thrown off of us especially TK come on somebody We stayed the course. We said, God, you know what? We don't know what you're doing. We don't know why you're doing it. But we're going to follow the path that you've laid out for us. And when God's breakthrough happens, watch this. It means Satan's line of defense has been shattered. Can you hear me? So the breakthrough has to do with the enemy. But the breakout has to do with you. The breakthrough has to do with the enemy, but the breakout has to do with you. You can have a good attitude. You can have a good spirit. The fulfillment of your dreams will not happen overnight. It's a process. Amen. And you watch this space, and, and you don't have to wait forever for a breakthrough, though. Amen. You can stir yourself to break out of whatever mindset's holding you back. And one of the very best things that you can learn from a seeming failure is to pick yourself back up and try again. Amen. Pick yourself. Listen, this, this isn't some Pinterest quote that I picked up. Come on, somebody. It's living a life of faith. Amen, living a life of faith, trying to honor God, working to honor God. Look at Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4. God is telling Jeremiah, he said, I want you to go say to the people, this is what the Lord says. Okay, you ready for it? 
Here it is. When people fall down, don't they get up again? And when they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? Amen? Listen, I know I do. I, I'm trying to. I was, I was laughing. My, my son yesterday, we're trying to, uh, he's remodeling his house, and we're doing some stuff in the, in the house, and one of his buddies from work who's kind of tough to work for, okay, he's kind of tough to work with, okay, he'll let you know if you're doing it wrong. Come on, you, you meet any contractor friends like that? And he said, who did this? I said, I did it. I did it. And Chase goes, yeah, dad's not, he's not afraid to own it. And that's what he was calling me all day. It was kind of fun. He was calling me dad all day, okay? Not Chase, but this other kid, right? I am Chase's dad. Anyways, he says, he says, hey, who did this? I said, I, I, I did it. I did that. I messed that up. I messed that up. Amen? Huh? Own it. Own it and get back up and do it again. How can I do it better next time? How can I be better next time? Amen. When they discover they're on the wrong road, why won't they? So, so you got to ask yourself these questions. You ready? What are your holdback mindsets? Sometimes they're private. Sometimes they're private. I don't want nobody to know what's, what's holding me back. I don't want nobody to know what's really keeping me down or keeping me back, but you got to write them down and deal with them. Amen? And, and then I'm going to ask the question, what's a holdback mindset in the global church? I'll tell you one of them, unity. I'll tell you another one, pride. I'll tell you another one, fear. I'll tell you another one, anxiety. You know, I, I'll tell you another one, lack of resources. You know why? Because we got lack of faith. Amen. Lack of wisdom. We got all kinds of them. We are just as, we are just as uh, 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 able in that space for the enemy to attack us as anyone else. Praise God. But we got to walk above that. We got to rise above those things. What are some holdback mindsets in the church? Amen. Lack of planning. Lack of dreaming. Here it is. Here it's, it's huge. Lack of vision. A lack of vision. Amen. Praise God. So how do we overcome those? I gave you that. I gave you that space, okay? Point number two. Oh, man, this is so good. Point number two. Faith against impossible odds. If it was easy, anyone could do it. Huh? Anybody could do it. Praise God. But it's faith against impossible odds. There was a man, amen, in the scripture. We, we could talk about several of them. But he fought the Israelite, uh, excuse me, he fought the Philistine army in a field, okay? It was one against 600. And I don't know this. I can't prove this. I, I don't know where I could maybe find this. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look for it just because I feel like it would preach even better, okay? It would preach even better. But can I share just a small opinion on this space? I feel like where he lived at was an entry point to the kingdom of God. And I felt like where he stood his ground, Brandon, was a space that was an easy entry point to the children of God. 
And I felt like if he wouldn't have stood his ground in that space and fought, and the Philistines, watch this, they were terrorists of the world about 3,000 years ago. They were murderous, they were aggressive, they were thieves, and they roamed around killing anybody who got in their way. And in the book of Judges, there's a farmer named Shamgar. Not a military genius, not a military general, not a ninja, okay? We're talking about a farmer. And this farmer's name was Shamgar. And he stood his ground and he saved Israel from destruction by single-handedly killing 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Here's an ox goad. Can I show you uh, what that looks like? This is what an ox goad looks like, okay? This part here would prick the animal in front of them. It was about eight foot long and they would use it to kind of tap the animal that was plowing so that animal would stay straight ahead in the rows, okay? Nobody wants to farm. Nobody wants to farm a field that looks like this. Come on, somebody. Looks like the, looks like uh, Wiley Coyote ran through it. Beep, beep. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, they would keep them in straight rows. And the other part of this, uh, this hook right here was used to, to drag the, 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 the dirt and the mud off of the animal and off of the plow and off of anything else. And so scripture says this in Judges chapter 3 and verse 31. This is so powerful. We don't hear a whole lot about this guy or a whole lot about this leader, but what we hear about him is super powerful. It says, after Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, rescued Israel. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. So to me, just so I can preach it a little better, if Shamgar had not stood his ground and fought the enemies that were trying to invade his family and invade his people and invade his God, then they would have been destroyed. It says he saved them because he stood his ground. Listen, when are you going to stand up for some prayer and stand up for fasting and stand up for faith in God and stand up for the right thing? When are we going to do those things? Come on, somebody. I mean, killing 600 strong men by yourself seems like an impossible feat. Yet Shamgar succeeded. You know why? Because I think God is looking to do the impossible for people who are doing the right things. And they're stepping out saying, in faith, I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. This is what God has asked me to do. I'm going to step out in this space. And some of us, we have faced incredible, impossible, unattainable odds. Yet God, huh? Some of you faced a family situation that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Yet God, some of you are experiencing some impossible situations in your health or in a family member's health, yet God, some of you are experiencing some things in your job, in your career, and, and, and everybody else has fallen away and quitting and running off, yet God, come on somebody, he's able, you are able to succeed, Shamgar succeeded when a lesser man would have failed, a lesser man would have fallen, all because he stepped out on three simple truths, three simple truths, okay, for you note takers, the smartest people in the room, come on somebody, amen, you ready for it, number one, he started where he was, he started right where he was, Right in, you see where it's at? Right in the mess, right in the fight, right in the division, right in the frustration, right in the military attack, 
Huh? He started right where he was. He started right where he was. The second thing he did, he used what he had. Hey, you guys, I want to fight. Listen, you want a piece of this? Huh? You want some? Okay. Give me a second. Got to run to the house, get some, get some military might, get some armor. Let me get my sword. Uh-uh. Let me get my ox goat. Crack you in the head with this ox goat. As a matter of fact, 600 of you is going to get the ox goat. He used what he had. Listen, God's given you a gift. He's given you a talent. He's given you a calling. You better use, you better use what you got. You better use what's in your hand. You got to start right where you're at, and you got to use what you got. Amen. You can't sit around talking about, well, I wish I had this. Uh-uh. You ain't got time for that. Use what you've got. And, the, and God, our great God, the God, of, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will defeat the enemy with you and a farmer and an ox goat. Come on, somebody. Amen. The last thing Shamgar did, he did what he could. Listen, I can't do it all. I can't do it all, but I can do what I can. And I'll do what I could. Amen? I'm going to hold my line. Come on. I'm going to hold my space in the line. No enemies coming through here. I, I wouldn't want scripture to talk about, man, Shamgar, man, he killed him. But then they found Michael. Then they found Pastor Michael. What was he doing? He just laid down when the enemy wanted to drive over him. Huh? Amen? Amen? I want to know. I want to be known. Hey, Michael used what he had. It wasn't much, but he used what he had. Listen, Shamgar was a farmer. He started in his field. The field where he grew his crops became his battlefield. Hey, this is my family. You're not going to step on us any longer. Devil, you've taken enough. Devil, as a matter of fact, you've taken too much. And as a matter of fact, I'm not going to stand here and watch you do it again and again and again. Amen. He was a farmer who had a family and neighbors and no protection at all from the Philistines. But he stood up and he realized if anything was going to change concerning his home, concerning his community, concerning his future, he's going to personally have to do something about it. Amen? Uh-uh, not on my watch. Not going to happen on my watch. Come on, somebody. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Let's individualize it for just a second. Let's bring it down to you and I. Scripture says, preach the word. You see it right there? Preach the word of God. Okay? Your cute little quotes are just cute little quotes. I'm glad for them. Amen? It's the word of God that changes people. It's the word of God that changes the situation. It's the power of God that changes it. Amen? It's not just my opinion about it. It's God's word that's going to change that situation. It's going to change that circumstance. He says, preach the word of God. I, I love in the King James Version, he says, be instant. Amen? And we're not talking about instant mashed potatoes. Not the same. Amen? You can put a cute little tag on it. You can call it Orida, okay? You could call it Idahoan, whatever it is, okay? Not the same as a real potato. Not the same. Not the same. Come on. I don't care. You can use real butter, stick butter. You can pull a, you can pull a cow literally up to the stove and try to get your milk and butter from him, okay, or her, all right? Not the same. I think it's just her, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, frog. I got you. I got it. I got it. 
I got it. Her. That's all right. I'm glad you got something to laugh at. Go ahead. Give yourselves a hand of appreciation. People make mistakes. Be instant. In season or out of season. Devil's coming. Oh, you coming? Oh, you coming in out of season? Guess who's here with my ox goad? And guess who's ready to fight? Me, bro, I've been training. Come on. I've been, try, I've been waiting on you, sucker. You know, so, you got to kind of talk yourself, talk yourself up, you know. He says, be instant in season or out of season. Watch this. Watch this. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not. Fight time's not always favorable. Amen. But it's time. It's time. Es tiempo. Working on my Spanish for Guatemala. It's time. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Amen. The word of God. The word season here in the Greek has to do with opportunity. Amen. When an opportunity comes, that's what the scripture's talking about. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. That's what, it, that's what was going on with Shamgar. An opportunity showed itself, okay? He was prepared for it, and he acted upon it. Praise God. Second thing, Shamgar used what he had. Extremely limited resources. All he had was his ox goad. An ox goad, we explain what that is, okay? The sharp point, the sharp side of the ox goad was used to drive oxen, okay? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get lazy in my faith. Sometimes I get lazy in my giving. Sometimes, whether my time, my talent, or my treasure, I get lazy in it. Sometimes I get lazy. Sometimes I get frustrated. And, and, and what he does, is he'll, he'll use that ox goat to prick you a little bit, to just kind of poke you a little bit, to just kind of prod you just a little bit. And it was used to drive, that, uh, drive the, the, the oxen forward, okay? The other side cleaned off the mud. And Paul's conversion to Christianity was extremely intense. I don't know if you remember it, but in Acts chapter 26 and verse 14, it says, and when we were all fallen to the earth, this bright light shone from heaven, this loud sound, amen, says, I heard a voice speaking unto me, and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. This is the King James Version. The pricks of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The pricks of frustration. You know, we get frustrated by all kinds of things, right? And this Greek proverb, amen, also familiar to the Jews and anyone who made a living in agriculture, is this reference. It's hard to kick against those things when the Spirit of God is trying to drive you one way and you're trying to pull in a different direction. Amen. The farmer was trying to steer the animal. Listen, God is trying to steer you in the right direction. The Holy Spirit is trying to steer you in the right direction. And it's hard for us to kick against that. It's hard for us to kick against the pricking of the Holy Spirit, praise God. And sometimes the animal would even rebel by kicking out at, that, at the prick of the farmer. And this would result into being driven even further into the flesh, okay? 
we're in a different day and a different time and a different age. I get that, okay? But anybody ever been spanked with a belt as a child? All right, okay. Me too, okay. All right. Did you ever make it worse? Did you ever make it worse by throwing a fit you got, and you got hit in the back? Or you got hit in the neck? Or you put your hands back there, Alec Coling. Amen. Ran, ran around in circles, okay? You know you're going to get caught. And when mama catches you, it's going to just get worse. Amen? But the more the ox rebelled, the more it suffered. Amen? The more it was frustrated. The apostle Paul, then known as Saul, was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians when he had a blinding, eternity-altering encounter with Jesus. And the conversion of Saul is quite significant as it was the turning point in his life. And Jesus let Paul know his rebellion against God was a losing battle. Amen? I'm just going to surrender here. I'm going to surrender. I feel like God wants me to do that. I'm just going to walk in a life of surrender. It's a good place to walk. Come on, somebody. And so Paul action, Paul's actions were senseless as an ox kicking against the goads or kicking against the pricks of uh, of that goaded tool, okay? So Paul had a passion and a sincerity in his fight against Christianity, but he was not heading in the right direction. He was going the wrong way, amen. And so Jesus was gonna use the goad to direct him or to steer him in the right direction. And later we know that Paul wrote uh, around two-thirds of the New Testament, for the kingdom of God, and we're so grateful, inspired of the Holy Spirit, praise God. And I too, just like you, I find it hard to kick against the pricks of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you don't need to be talking to people like that. Uh-uh, don't you, don't you be thinking, don't you be thinking that against that guy. Don't, don't be thinking that. Uh-uh, don't, don't stay in that space, huh? Hey, 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 you need to go in, sir, and apologize to your wife. As a matter of fact, go ahead and do it now. You're like, I don't know if now's a good time, though. <laughs> Amen. You want to choose a good time, guys. Choose a good time. Proverbs 15:10. Whoever abandons the right path, God's way, will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. Okay? What, what does that mean? Those who live in their sin will die. They'll die eternally. Do you see that? They'll die eternally. When we choose to disobey God, we become like the rebellious ox driving the goat deeper and deeper. And by resisting God's authority, we're only punishing ourselves. So how much better to heed God's voice, to listen to the pangs of his Holy Spirit, amen? So here's the question. What's your ox goat? I know you have one. We all do. And God has provided something that you and I can use in this situation that you're in. He wants you to take what you have, amen, apply every ounce of your ability to use it with confidence and with strength, and God will do the supernatural. He'll do the miraculous, praise God. Then finally, Shamgar used what he had, which was his ox goad and his enthusiasm, and he did what he could. Amen, he did what he could. Did you know our word for enthusiasm comes from the Greek root word in theos, which means in God. Or even to, uh, even to understand this in another space, it means to be possessed 
of a God. Do you see that? To be led of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So if you're in God and God is in you, you should be overflowing with enthusiasm. Praise God. And in the archaic term, it was a derogatory term that meant religious fervor. Religious fervor, right? Supposedly resulting directly from divine inspiration. Amen. Typically involving speaking in tongues and wild, uncoordinated movements of the body. To be possessed of God. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Point number three. Last point. Give God, amen, give God what you have and the miracle can happen. Give him what you've got, amen. You remember the woman with just a little bit of cornmeal, just a little bit of oil. He said, what, you, what do you got in the house? She said, well, all I have is this, huh, amen, all I have is this. So the miracle comes from what you already have, not from what you don't, amen. The miracle comes from what's in the house, amen, not from what's outside of it. So we have to use what resources we already have to their greatest length and to their greatest ability. And you and I have an extra secret weapon that Shamgar didn't have at that time, and it doesn't mention it in the scripture, and that's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have that. So we don't have to get pricked with the ox goad. We get pricked by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. He'll lead you and guide you. Say, hey, you're going in the wrong direction. Amen. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, our inabilities, our impossibilities become supernaturally attainable. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says, remember that prayer is the difference between doing the best that I can do and doing the very best that God can do. That's a big difference. Amen. And it is impossible to over-exaggerate the importance of prayer to the success of everything that you do, amen? You want your marriage to succeed? Pray about it, amen? You need your finances to succeed? Pray about it. God will send you leaders in your life to help you, to encourage you along. Come on, somebody. You want your ministry, your calling to succeed? You need to be praying about it, amen? Not read another fiction or nonfiction book, okay? You need to be praying. God, show me, lead me, guide me, direct my steps, praise God. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do even greater works. Uh, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. Amen? He opened up the eyes of the blind, opened up the ears of the deaf, the lame were made to walk, the dead were raised. Come on, some greater, greater works. Are you talking about Michael Coling? Are you talking about me, Lord? Come on. Amen. God says, I'm talking about you. Amen. Anyone who believes in me, because I'm going to, I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, I'll do it so that, the, so that God, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. God wants to do supernatural things. God wants to provide miracles in your life. He wants to provide miracles in this community. He wants to provide the miracles of salvation. Come on, somebody. And he's talking about prayer. He's talking about praying right here. All things are possible if you pray. Amen. Now there's two, there's two things that he focuses on here, right here in this scripture, faith, Versus fear, faith or fear. And fear, I've noticed, comes in two categories. 
Fear that I won't get what I need is fear number one. Fear that I won't get what I need. And fear number two, fear that I won't be able to hold on to what I have. Is that the United States of America? In the least little bit. Fear that I won't be able to get to my dream and get to my goal or fear that I won't be able to hang on to what I've already obtained. Huh? Think about it. Anybody who has ever beat the odds or made a difference did it in spite of their fear. It did it in spite of their fear. You're only courageous when you do what's right despite your fears. That's courage. If you can figure it out, if you can name what you're afraid of, you can conquer it. Huh? And understand this. Fear attracts Satan like faith attracts God. Does that make sense? So the Bible is a David and Goliath book. Okay, your name might not be David. It might be Jalicia. might be Jade. Amen. Like, don't embarrass me, Pastor Mike. I love you, but don't embarrass me. It's a David and Goliath book. Amen. God is looking for people who will stand up against the workings of the enemy. And it teaches us that with God on your side, you're bigger than any problem that you'll ever face. The question is, is do you believe that, believe that enough to step out and allow God to use you? If you're only believing God for things you can do for yourself, you are limiting him. God doesn't want you to be self-imposed, you know, all this self, self, self. Amen. He wants you to do for others. He wants you to love on others, strengthen others, encourage others. Furthermore, if you think God will never ask you to do things that you can't do, think again. Amen. You remember the one time he asked Peter to walk on water? You remember the other time he asked the dead man, Lazarus, to come out of the grave? Do you remember that? They had to do the impossible. You remember when he asked the disciples to feed the 5,000 or the 4,000? There's two different stories in Scripture. He said, you give them something to eat. We can't, we can't do that. So they began to pray. Amen. And when you find yourself experiencing things that are beyond your ability, that's when you know God is about to get to work. Amen? He's about to show up. Miracles only begin when you take what you have, put it into his hands. Amen? So God, I, this is all I've got, but I'll give you every bit of it. Amen? I'm going to put it into your hands. And the moment you make it available to him, it'll begin to grow. So... Get rid of your life-limiting thoughts. Start dreaming. Here's my favorite part. You ready? When God defines you, what difference does anybody else's opinion make? When God is defining you, God is leading your steps. God is calling you out. Amen? What difference does it make? What other opinion would matter? So instead of comparing yourself to others, recognize that God has called you to be what he's called you to be, accept the gifts he's given you, start building on them, and everything big started as something small. Amen? Every large white oak tree 
started as an acorn, about this big. Don't step on a bunch of them, you'll crack your head open on the ground, okay? We stand with me. All God needs is something to start with. Something to start with this morning, something to start with. Walking in a space of surrender, walking in a place of surrender between you and God. As our prayer team comes this morning, Pastor Mike, I've never surrendered my heart unto God. I've never surrendered my life unto God. I've made it about a whole lot of other things. Pastor, I've, I've heard scriptures. I've heard the Bible. I've heard people preach. I've been in church services, different things, but I, I don't know that I've ever given my heart. I don't know that I've ever surrendered my life unto Jesus Christ. And I want to do that right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit pricking my heart right now, speaking to my heart right now, dealing with my heart right now. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice, Pastor? I need to, I, I need to make some things right between God and I. I need, to, I need to make right relationship between God and I right here, right now. Anybody in the house? Pastor, I feel the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, speaking to my heart, speaking to my life. Anybody? That's me, Pastor. That's me. Then I want to encourage you. This morning, you've been maybe living in a, a, a space of faith frustration. Maybe you've not been standing up, you know, for the right thing, standing up for the scriptural things that God wants you to stand up for, maybe even in your own home, maybe even in your own life, maybe even in your own time between you and God, you, you might not be standing up for those things that are right. And God is asking you to stand up like Shamgar, fight for this generation, to fight for what's right in the kingdom of God, to fight for the purposes of God. And you say, Pastor, I need God to move in my heart, God to move in my life. I've been dealing with some faith frustrations and I know that I'm gonna put this in the hands of God. I wanna trust God. I'm gonna surrender that unto him. I'm gonna give God what I've got. Amen. I'm gonna surrender it all to him. And if you need special prayer for anything, the altars are open. We'd love to pray with you. You need a healing in your body. You're praying for somebody else. You're believing for somebody else, a touch in their body, a touch in their family. You're believing for somebody's salvation. We wanna, we wanna pray with you. We wanna give you an opportunity to gather around these altars. And I just challenge you right now, right where you're at. You, if you don't need special prayer for anything, I, I challenge you even this morning. I want you to take a step of faith with me. And, and, and I wanna fill these altars up this morning. I just, I feel this in my heart right now. I feel this in my spirit right now. You say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for my family. If you need special prayer, I want you to, I want you to grab one of the prayer team. That's totally fine. We understand that. But if you just want to gather together and encourage one another, the scripture says that we should encourage each other, build each other up. And man, there's nothing more powerful than watching people gather together and honor God and surrender unto God and sing worship unto God. Would you gather with me? Anybody? You say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Shamgar. I'm gonna be like Shamgar to my family and I'm gonna worship God. I'm gonna stand up to this generation. Will you, will you take that step of faith? Come on, let's fill these altars up and let's worship God for just one more moment this morning. You say, you know what, Pastor Mike, I've been fighting some things, battling some things and I'm walking in a space and, and I'm walking in a place I'm gonna trust God. Will you come? Let's fill up these altars. Let's worship God for just a moment and honor God and sing some praise and put some faith and some confidence in him right now in the name of Jesus. Can we do it?